Welcome to Rooted and Reaching, a podcast from the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia in Columbia, Maryland, where we celebrate the beauty of our diversity. In our conversations here, we share stories of our journeys and explore ideas that challenge us in order to nurture the interdependent web of which we are all a part. We are rooted in faith, reaching for community. Hello there, UUCC. I'm Sarah Davidson, Director of Communications and Member Integration. And today I'm chatting with UUCC member Ken Rock about UU The Vote. Listen in to hear Ken talk about the importance and need for us all to get out the vote this midterm season and beyond in order to create meaningful change in our nation. We'll also chat at the end about Ken's experience as a Polar Plunge participant. All right, Ken. So thanks for being here today. It's good to see you. Oh, thanks for inviting me to have this conversation. So you're heading up the UU The Vote efforts at UUCC this year. So welcome into this role. And of course, a big thank you for taking it on. Can you talk a little bit about what UU The Vote is and why it's important? Sure, sure. I can, uh, I'll give you sort of the official formal answer first, and then I'll, I'll tell you my answer. Perfect. Uh, how's that? So UU The Vote is actually one of four distinct campaigns uh, under the umbrella of the UUA's Side With Love. Um, and so... The other three are focused on climate justice, um, racial justice, and LGBTQI plus gender and reproduction, reproductive justice. Um, so UU the vote is is the the fourth one, and of course they're all, you know, intersectionality is sort of the key word here because they're all interrelated to some degree. And I think, in some ways, um, voting is really the linchpin of all these things because this is where you know, we, we can express our desires and also have some power. Um, so you, the vote, of course, is focused on, focused on democracy and voting rights and electoral justice. So to me, what it's, but what it really boils down to it, what it's really about is engaging with people, engaging in a nonpartisan way and in a variety of different, using a variety of different techniques to engage with people and bringing our values, our UU values to bear um, this year for the midterm elections, but generally um, just going forward um, for all elections and and not just federal elections, but state and local elections, which in many ways um, affect our daily lives more than than the federal elections that we all tend to focus on. Um, And one thing I read in in looking through the, the UUA or the UU the vote guide that um, kind of struck me was um, this statement, the side with love's work centers on building power for long-term organizing as a part of mass movements for justice. So it really is intended to be an ongoing effort. Well, having that dream of like, if everybody were able to vote and did vote, we'd just have a very different country on our hands. So that's Mm-hmm. Pretty inspiring vision to keep in our minds. Yeah, well, you know, uh, at least at the federal level, our government, and this is no surprise to anybody that'll be listening to this, I'm sure, uh, our federal government doesn't represent 
Right. Most of us. I mean, we have, you know, just with, you know, legal access to abortion being on the line, even though, you know, I think that 69 or 70% of Americans support it. And yet we have the Supreme Court that's going to decide to take that, not just the, you know, basic constitutional right, but a basic human right for personal bodily autonomy, taking that away from more than half the population. Right. And four of those five justices who are going to vote in favor of that opinion were nominated by presidents who didn't win the popular vote. So right. there's, we've got some problems here. And, right. and when you hear that, let that rage sink deep into your belly and then translate into, you know, participating in you, you the vote. <laughs> exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. You know, one of the things that I'd like to do is, is try to make this more of an ongoing effort, even though it may not be as active in the, in the odd years. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's hard to ramp it up every two years uh, from scratch. So I'm hoping that I, you know, I, I think it would be great if we can kind of keep the, that momentum going. Yeah. I mean, it's good to be in practice of taking what's in our minds and hearts and translating that into legislation. Like that's seems like important ongoing work. Right. Being connected to the importance of that and the meaning of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what I've certainly learned, and maybe I was naive and, and uh, looking at the world through rose-colored glasses, but what I've certainly learned in the last four or five years is that our democratic institutions are, they're flawed and they're fragile, and um, any kind of meaningful change really uh, requires engagement by all of us. So I think that's really the, you know, to me, that's what UU The Vote is all about, is just working to get more people engaged um, in the process. Right. Connected with the passion or the importance of it. Cause it's there. We just have to mm -hmm. engage with folks so they see how it can be meaningful for them. Right. Yeah. I came across a, a little graphic on Twitter recently. It's a pie chart, uh, and it's a representation of the 2020 election. And one section says, you know, 81 million plus people voted Democrat. And, and then a slightly smaller section says 74 million plus people voted Republican. And then the third section, which is, I assume we're not allowed to cuss on this podcast. So um, apologies. No, there's no rule about it. I'm looking forward to it personally. <laughs> but anyway, apologies to Hannah in advance because she may have to bleep this. But the, the third one says um, 101 million plus people better start to give a shit. Yeah. And that's, that's, you know, kind of what it boils down to me. That's, that's what I'm looking to do is to get those people who are not engaged people who, for whatever reason, um, just don't, they don't vote. vote right. And it's hard. I mean, I know from years and years of knocking on people's doors and talking to people, um, usually during an election cycle, I've heard the same comment many times that people say, well, why should I vote? You know, nothing changes. And the only time you come and, you know, we hear from you because your, can your candidate wants our vote and now you're knocking at my door, but we won't hear from you again for the next two or four years. And, it, you know, it's, it's hard to, that's a hard yeah. question to answer. We're doing all of this for ourselves, right? It's not for, we have to save ourselves and we have to kind of think about this work in that way, I think, to make it mm -hmm. meaningful. I think it's really a matter of, of kind of overwhelming the system with numbers. That when you have really big voter turnouts, um, you can make things happen. You really can. And I think, you know, that's the message that we need to get out to people. Be the change, folks. But for real. 
(laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So what from your life, and it can be work experience or personal, um, makes you passionate about voting work and this role? Um, Well, I don't know if there was any, you know, particular single event. I mean, I've always been interested in politics and, and paid attention to it, but I wasn't that involved in the process other than voting I think it was really um, like with a lot of people, just disillusionment and despair after the 2016 election cycle. And then, you know, again, just realizing how fragile our democratic institutions are and how you can't expect them to just operate on autopilot because that's not going to happen. If, if the rest of us aren't paying attention, somebody else is, and, and they're going to use those institutions to their advantage. Um, right. Late stage capitalism looks scary. <laughs> right. So I, you know, after that, that event, I, uh, after 2016, I was kind of looking around for um, wait. you know, I think I spent most of 2017 just sort of screaming into the void and then I realized, well, this isn't helping. It's not helping me and it's not helping make any, any, it's not helping to change anything. So I started looking for um, ways to get involved. And I came, came across um, Swing Left, which is the group I've been involved in since 20, early 2018. That is a partisan organization, of course. So I have to keep my two efforts separate because UU the Vote is a nonpartisan uh, effort. But anyway, I got involved with Swing Left and that really opened my eyes. Um, what I really liked about the, particularly the Howard County group was that they were very much focused on um, engaging and getting people involved from communities who are typically underrepresented in, in the electorate. So we did a lot of canvassing, mostly in Virginia, um, because there weren't too many competitive races in Maryland over the last few years. And this year, of course, is a little different, but um, so um, that's really what got me kind of hooked on it. It's just uh, jumping in with both feet and and doing it. Well, that seems promising, Ken, right? Because (laughs) if other folks haven't done it, like they haven't yet had that experience that you've had about taking your, whatever it is, your anger, your frustration, your sadness, and translating it into something that's productive and helpful and mm. meaningful. So Right. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people might be interested in doing phone banking or text banking or letter writing. When it comes to in-person canvassing, a lot of people are, um, you know, are afraid to do it. And there is some trepidation. And I have to say, you know, I'm, I'm the world's biggest introvert. So this, this is not something that came naturally to me either. But after I had done it a few times, and I really kind of got hooked on it. And even now, um, you know, we're going out Saturday, I still get butterflies. And I think about, uh, you know, just walking up to strangers doors and knocking on them and talking to people you don't know, it's it's really intimidating. But after you get into it, it, it's, uh, it is, it's a really satisfying experience. It's, it's worth it. It really is. Right. Yeah, those are healthy butterflies, I think. Uh-huh. And also that made me when you were talking, literally, I was thinking in my head, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Like, you don't know who's mm-hmm. going to be behind the door. Right. <laughs> well, let's assume it's something sweet and chocolatey and it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and often it is. And the, and the reality is, you know, if you knock on a hundred doors in a shift, you're probably lucky if 25 of them open. So you're probably only going to talk to 25 people. And of those maybe a third of them are going to say they don't want to talk to you. So, you know, you, you really end up talking to just a handful of people, but it still, it still makes a difference. I mean, we, uh, 
in 2017 and 18, when, when our swing left group was working in, in Winchester, Virginia, over the course of two years, we, and, you know, we don't take full credit for it, but we were certainly part of the effort of flipping. Um, I think there's four pre- precincts in, in Winchester, and, and I, now I'm speaking from a partisan standpoint, but uh, and that was really just by engaging people who don't normally get involved in the political process and and getting them registered and getting them excited about voting. Right. So how can others get involved in you, the vote? What's coming up? Well, there's a lot. <laughs> um, first of all, it's all, it's really about getting out the vote. It's about talking to people, um, getting people, particularly people who don't normally vote, um, excited about the process. And some of the, you know, some of the specific activities that we did in 2020, we did letter writing campaigns. Um, we did postcard writing campaigns. We participated in uh, phone and text banking. Generally, those were things that we didn't we didn't create the the events ourselves, but we um, we worked with partner organizations, bigger groups that had these organized phone banks. So we we participated in in some of those. Uh, the one thing we didn't get to do in 2020 because of the pandemic was any any kind of in-person canvassing or um, other in-person events like candidate forums and things like that. So I think UU, the vote national organization is really hoping, you know, is really focusing on getting uh, more of those kind of in-person events uh, up and running. But um, I, I feel like I'm a little bit behind on getting some of this stuff going, but the one thing that people can do right now, and they don't, you can do this on your own. There's an organization called Vote Forward, which is a letter writing campaign. And they've been around since I think 2017. Basically, the way it works is you you set up an account with Vote Forward. And then once once you have your account, you pick the campaigns you want to work on. And there's, I think right now there's something like 50 campaign letter writing campaigns on their website all over the country and for specific districts within each state. So you can pick the ones that you're interested in. What Vote Forward again, just you know like all, a lot of this is really focused on um, reaching out to people who are underrepresented typically in the electorate. So they're, they're not really going after um, and trying to engage people who are regular voters or right. looking for people who don't normally participate. So, and it really works. They've, they've, uh, they've done a lot of data analysis after their, after elections, they've done, you know, using control groups and they've determined that, some of these campaigns can make a difference of, you know, maybe three or 4% turnout in, in, a, in an election in a specific race, um, which doesn't sound like a lot. But when you think that many of these races are decided on margins of less than that, um, you know, it, it can have a huge impact. So we did in uh, 2020, we had about, I don't know, about 25 or 30 people uh, engaged in vote forward letter writing. And, um, I think we wrote something like 1,700 letters during that period. So this is something that that I want to get started again. And but again, if people are interested, you just just Google "vote forward," go to the website, and uh, and if you know, certainly if anybody has any questions about it, they can get in touch with me and find out how to do it. But it's uh, it's very easy. Um, postcard writing, I think we're going to be starting up again. Uh, we we had. Uh, Actually, I think it was something like 10,000 postcards written in, in our, our effort in 2020. Yeah, um, that sounds right. That sounds right. I remember being like 10,000. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
so those are a couple of things that'll be, you know, I, I think will be early, early activities we can get started in. And then as we start to find out more about some of these phone and text banking uh, events, um, you know, we'll be sending out communications on that. And then certainly with the in-person canvassing, um, I'm not sure yet. I haven't seen much from UU the vote about that yet, but I know we're hoping to coordinate some of our efforts with PATH also. And I know they have plans to do some in-person canvassing this year. So could be that we'll just, you know, we'll try to steer some of our volunteers to their events too. The one thing about UU the vote is a lot of it is focused on um, other states where there are swing districts and, and some of them are near, you know, Virginia and Pennsylvania, but uh, I know people also like to be engaged locally too. So I think having this connection with PATH will, will uh, be fruitful. Awesome. You know, once again, I, you know, I just, we're just getting kind of getting started here, but I, you know, I'll be showing up at services more frequently uh, in the coming weeks. And, you know, if anybody has any questions, um, I encourage them to talk to me or call me or email me. We'll have more communications coming out as we, you know, as we start to get some more specific events planned. And, and the other thing I just wanted to say is, you know, aside from, you know, wanting, hoping to have a significant impact on these midterm elections is my goals for um, UU the vote at UUCC, and they're kind of related. One is to make this an ongoing effort, that it's not something that fizzles out in, on the odd years and ramps up again. You mean it's not, not our problems aren't going to go away that easy, Ken? <laughs> well, you know, there are elections every year. Right. So, in fact, our neighbors down south in Virginia, they have their state um, and local elections on the odd years. So you know, there, right. there are opportunities to get involved um, in, in electoral work every year. And, right. So, well, we have our work cut out for us in this country, right? So we really just need everyone. <laughs> and it's generational. This is, it's hard work. Um, it's, it's very gratifying work, um, but it never ends. You know, you, right. you, you, you enjoy some wins. You also um, are going to, you know, you, you experience losses too, and you just keep going. You just right. keep going. Thank you, Ken. So thanks for chatting with me about you, you the vote. Um, but I want to pivot here because you're a full person living a full life aside from you, you the vote. And I was wondering if you'd be willing to share or talk about a hobby or an interest or a life experience of yours that others in our congregation might not know about. Um, sure. Yeah, I, I um well, one thing I thought about, um, and some people in the congregation know about this because they've supported my efforts in this in this area, but every January, about 30 of my colleagues from work, for, for my, my former work, I'm retired now, but um, we'll get together and go down to Sandy Point State Park and jump into the Chesapeake Bay as part of the polar bear plunge. Oh my gosh, you're one of those? <laughs> I'm one of those. <laughs> And of course, that's all in support of um, the Special Olympics of Maryland, which is an amazing organization. And it was amazing how it took off. It re people really got engaged in it, and and really, um, you know, there was some friendly competition uh, in terms of fundraising. Um, and it's really gotten more and more involved over the last, I guess it's, I guess this year was our sixth year doing it now. So, and I have the distinction of being the oldest plunger on the team too. So that's, uh, there you go, Ken. What is it, <laughs> does it get easier year to year or is it always like piercing? Like what goes through your brain the second you hit that water? <laughs> you know, the first year, um, for most of us, it was, um, 
you know, it was the first, the first time we'd done it. And it was, I think we were all a little bit nervous, definitely a little bit nervous about it, but it's very well organized. You go down, you go down there, you, um, there's a big tent set up with, uh, you know, where you just kind of hang out beforehand and they've got uh, live music, there's drinks, there's food. Yeah, so, I'm glad that they know that they need all of that accoutrement <laughs> for the polar swim. <laughs> and then, then when it's time to go down to the beach, you go down, you, do, you know, they, you go down to the beach, but, and they have two big um, heated tents down there, changing tents. So you go in there, you change. So you're really, you're standing out of the beach for a few minutes um, in the cold and you're in your uh, bathing suit. And then they, they kind of, you know, signal everybody to, to run into the water and you go in and yeah, I mean, the first time it was, you know, you don't really know what to expect. It's pretty intimidating, but you kind of get caught up in the, the moment and you get caught up in the energy of all those hundreds of people that are standing on the beach with you going into the water. So, so I, I guess, yeah, it's probably gotten easier over the years, but it's still, you know, when you're first running or wading or however you go into that icy cold water, it's, uh, you know, there's a few things going through your head, like, why the heck am I doing this? Is this really, is this really smart? <laughs> but it is, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And our team has raised, I think, gosh, well over a hundred thousand dollars over the last six years uh, for special Olympics. So, you know, it just, it's a good cause and it's, it's a lot of fun. I love it, Ken. I knew one day I would meet someone who polar bear swam and today was the day. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we need to get a UU, the UUCC team going. I know. I, I've i been thinking that too. <laughs> um, so thanks so much for chatting with me, Ken, today. This was lovely. It's always a pleasure to see your face and chat with you. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ken. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe to Rooted and Reaching wherever you listen to podcasts. And we look forward to seeing you the next time around.